Today on Bible Conversations, we're going to be talking about being a first century Christian in 21st century America. Welcome back. We actually have a uh, special guest today. We do, yeah. Uh, Mr. Paul Cartwright, uh, preacher over at Webb Chapel in Farmer's Branch. Um, I guess we're close enough to be neighbors. There's a couple of cities in between us and a big airport. but um, I did used to live about three minutes from there. Yeah, though, so. just to yeah. hop and a skip and jump away. So, uh, Paul, if you want to introduce yourself uh, for our listeners. It's good to be here today. My name is Paul Cartwright. I am the preaching minister at the Webb Chapel Church of Christ over in Farmer's Branch, although it's, it's all Dallas, right? It's, yeah, it's know, all so. Dallas. <laughs> um, but uh, I've been there for about five years. Uh, I'm married to April. We have a daughter named Emma. She's 11 years old. And we have been involved in ministry all throughout our marriage. We've worked in Arkansas, California, Texas, and for the last five years have been in preaching ministry. Prior to that, I was doing uh, youth and family ministry, associate kind of minister work. But good to be here in the in the Metroplex. Uh, kind of found you guys' podcast and reached out, and it was really, uh, really good to get to visit with you guys, and glad to be here today. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're at, uh, happy to have you. This is, um, I think, going to be an interesting topic, the... Uh, the irony of the statement being a first century Christian in 21st century America is that if you're a Christian, you're a Christian. Regardless of if it's first century or yeah, not, right? Well, regardless <laughs> of the location that you're in, regardless yeah. of the time that you're in, regardless of anything, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian. And that, yeah. I think that has a very specific connotation, right? We are a follower of Christ, right? Yeah. They were first called Christians in Antioch because mm-hmm. they followed after Christ. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to do today. That's what we're trying to do. Well, and the cool thing about that um, that word Christian is that when you break it down, if you take Christ away, you're just left with I-A-N, Christian. Um, that's like the ending of it. And I always like to say that stands for I am nothing. If you take Christ out of Christian, you are nothing. I like that. You know, that, that, that's, that's what it means to be a Christian. It's all about Christ. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, Paul, I, I kind of want to turn it to you first. Uh, you mentioned that you've been uh, studying in Hebrews a lot um, and preaching out of Hebrews. And so um, in regards to speaking about being a, a a true Christian, I guess that's really what we mean by a first century Christian in yep. the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to being a true Christian in the 21st century, what are some things from Hebrews that um, just have, have stuck out to you in your study? Hebrews is an amazing book. Um, because it is written to a group of people who are struggling with their relationship with Christ. They are struggling to find their identity in the New Covenant. Mm. They were predominantly a formerly Jewish audience. They were people that had been raised. Hebrew audience. Hebrew audience, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Going... Going to synagogue and, and, you know, reading from the scrolls and all, all these things. And really he's writing to a group of people that are, are hurting in a big way. Because if you go back and look at some of the history, when someone converted, when they put on Christ, their families considered they were dead. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they would walk on the other side of the street. And so there was this, there was this tendency to want to go back to what was familiar. They wanted mm-hmm. to go back to a sacrificial system. They wanted to go back to the things that, that they knew from the time they were young. What they were comfortable and, with. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the whole message of the book of Hebrews is that you have something better. You have mm-hmm. this new covenant. You have Jesus who came, gave the sacrifice once for all, that there was no more need for the blood of bulls and goats, mm-hmm. uh, that you could have of an audience with God, that he is at the right hand of God as the as the mediator of the new covenant, of the author of perfecter of our faith, 
And so in so many ways, he's writing to a group of people that want to go back to the life that they had before they were Christians. And I think we're still dealing with that today. I think we're still seeing people that say, well, you know, before I was a Christian, I could I could participate in this and I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I look at my friends that aren't Christians. I see all the good things that they have, and I want those things. I want to be a part of that. That life looks so fun. Yeah, it looks so it looks so enticing. And yeah. in a way, that's really what was going on with these folks. They looked at their actual physical blood families and said, I can't be a part of, of festivals anymore. I can't be a part of these things anymore, yeah. and I miss it. Yeah. And so I, I think the book of Hebrews... Uh, it highlights Jesus as our high priest. It, it highlights him as the author and perfecter of our faith. It, it highlights him as the mediator of a new covenant. And that's what people need to hear today is that there yeah. is something better than this world. There is something better than a life of sin. There is something better than what you have known in the past. And what that something is, is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. I mean, I, I've never thought about the parallel as that way as far as, you know, the Hebrew Christians wanting to go back to their Hebrew roots and, and Christians today wanting to go, you know, back to the life that they died from, Yeah, you know. Well, and a lot of – so I think something that's really interesting about Paul's writing is when he writes to – and obviously we don't know if Paul wrote Hebrews, right? This is me talking about his other – the other letters, not his other letters. I mean, I'm – Paul wrote. I, I know I, you yeah, think I, that. I, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty. Although I heard, heard someone the other day say it might have been Jude. I had never so heard that before. But I am kind of of the opinion that it's Barnabas. But <laughs> okay. Anyway, All right. <laughs> uh, regardless of who wrote Hebrews, yeah. right? Paul's letters that we can verify as being written by Paul because yeah. he wrote it in his hand and says, "I you know." Anyway, he's writing to a bunch of churches that were Gentile and Jewish Christians. Mm -hmm. And these Jewish Christians, right? I mean, you see the issue of circumcision come up quite a bit, right? Because Mm -hmm. the Jewish Christians believe that it was necessary in order to be a part of that. And so this kind of goes to your idea and your your discussion on going back to what you you were used to, right? Mm -hmm. Circumcision of the flesh is not necessary. It is absolutely unnecessary. It's circumcision of the heart. That's what's necessary. That's what's required. And... For people to want to go back to what they had because it's comfortable, because it looks better, because it looks fun, because of whatever, is is kind of a trend that has been happening for the last 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, It's not new. I think really today what's, what's causing a lot of that and what is at the root of that is that people have confused being a Christian with being a good person. Yeah. And there's so many people that are good people, genuinely, but claim to be Christians but don't live a life as though they're following Christ. Right. And, um, and so then – Christians, true Christians who have put on Christ in baptism, folks that have have died to their old life, then see someone who claims to be a Christian, does not live for Christ. And there's so much confusion as far as like, wait, that life looks good, but they're still a Christian too. So maybe that'll work for me also. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't work that way. So um, I I think that's where we find a lot of the confusion um, in regards to, you know, falling back into an old lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and I think so many people see Christianity and being a Christian as something that's just inherently not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't get to do X, Y, or Z. And the reality is, is being a Christian is the absolute greatest thing that's ever happened to me. 
because the people that I'm surrounded with are fun. Mm -hmm. The things that I get to do with those people are fun. Mm -hmm. If you're so concerned about consuming materialistic things, right? If you're concerned about consuming alcohol, you're concerned about doing drugs, you're concerned about, um, you know, being sexually active before marriage, you're concerned about all those things. Well, then, yeah, Christianity is probably not going to look fun to you. But if you understand... It's what, all a matter of perspective. It is. It's yeah. all a matter of perspective, right? If you understand what you're gaining from not doing those things, and if you understand what you're foregoing, right? I mean, all the consequences that come right. along with that, and you understand what Jesus has done for you, mm-hmm. and that when you are baptized into Christ, you are forgiven of your sins. I mean, you're washed clean. You're yeah. a clean slate. And you understand what that actually means, then all of those other things just lose their... They're shine. They lose their sparkle, right? I mean, the devil likes to make things that are sinful look just awesome, Mm -hmm. right? And they're not. Well, and I was talking about this this past Sunday night when I was preaching um, that Satan, his best lies are laced with truth. Mm -hmm. You know, he he intertwines lie and truth and, and it's still a lie because it's there it's a lie just because it has a little bit of truth in there he did that with eve he did that with christ taking truth and and lacing it with the lie it's still a lie but it it's hard to see it that way yeah. and so he makes things that are are sinful that are that are wrong laced with truth you can still be a good person and participate in this uh, activity, this, uh, right. this thing that is sinful, yeah. uh, you can, you can still do that. Look how good it is. And look, this person is a Christian too, and they're doing it. Yeah. And you know, all of that is just, that's how Satan is so crafty. And I think that's why Hebrews appeals to me on this topic, especially. And, and I know the old saying is, you know, whatever book you're teaching out of is your favorite book. Um, we were, you know, this last week we started, Chapter 12, which is the follow-up to 11. And, and mm-hmm. 12 starts off with, you know, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. They've just talked about these you know, yeah. great heroes of faith. But in chapter 12, it talks about Esau. And Esau is a prime example of people in America today. Esau had been out hunting. He was tired. He wanted instant gratification. He wanted something to eat. Yeah. And his brother had fixed some soup, some soup. And he said... I really want a bowl of that. I said, fine, give me your birthright. He traded away everything he had for a bowl of soup. A bowl of lentil soup. Yeah, exactly. Not even good soup. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like it was tomato soup. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Or a nice hearty beef stew. Yeah. 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 Or anything other than lentil. (laughs) But the the point I made Sunday at Web Chapel was what are we trading what are we trading our birthright for? Mm. You know, aren't aren't we do aren't we guilty of the same thing? Aren't we guilty of wanting that instant gratification so bad that we're willing to trade whatever it is to get that thing. And oftentimes what it is is the relationship we have with God. It's yeah. to say, you know what, I'm going to put that away or I'm going to put that aside for now so I can participate in this thing and get instant gratification. One of the things I I harped on a little bit Sunday morning was social media. Mm. I said, how many of, of us are willing to put that snarky comment for that moment of instant gratification that could ruin our ability to share our faith with somebody. I said, how many times are we writing things that are just toxic and terrible on Facebook, and then we're putting up Bible verses at the same time? Yeah. What does that say about us? And and I think that's the, the same struggle they had in the Old Testament, the same struggle they had in the New Testament, was trying to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. And that's never what that was never okay with God. It wasn't okay 
In the Old Testament, it's not okay. In the New Testament, it's not okay for us living under the new covenant which Jesus gave his blood for. Well, and, and speaking of social media and language, that's one of the biggest things that that I see people struggle with mm-hmm. is uh, is online or offline, either way, the way that people talk with one another is so unchristlike. Mm-hmm. And, and and going back to Hebrews again, in chapter 4, uh, we read um, in verse 12 of chapter 4 that um, – it says, uh, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of morrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, i.e., God knows your heart Absolutely. and you cannot hide it from yep. him. Whatever you think is private may be private to the world, but mm-hmm. it's not private to God. Right. And so in regards to our language, it's it's so important because there is nothing hidden from God. Mm-hmm. And there are so many opportunities to use foul language. And I'm not even talking about cussing here. You you may be someone who's like, I have never said a cuss word in my life. But if you talk to people in a rude way, if you use uh, coarse joking, if you um, demeaning, if you demean people, if you gossip, if you talk about people behind their backs, um, there are so many things that, that in regards to our language, I mean, that that's how you see someone's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's in your heart. Absolutely. All of this reminds me of James, James chapter 3. Um, I'm not going to read all of it because there's quite a bit there. But yeah. verse 9, talking about the tongue, right? Mm-hmm. It says here, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers... These things ought not to be so. And that's what you're talking about on yep. social media. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, it, and it was true when James wrote it, and it's true today. Yep. I mean, we, we have got to... We have just found ways to make it palatable, and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yep. you know, easier to do and, and harder to see and all these things. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether or not our intentions are good or bad. If what we're saying is hurting someone, then we need to be repentant of that, and we need to, you know... Be aware of that. Absolutely. I think one of the most interesting things in regards to this discussion about being a first century Christian in the 21st century is that there is nothing new under the sun. And yeah. I've realized that more and more. Hey, did uh, you get that from the Bible? I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I've actually realized that more and more, uh, you know, as I've gotten out of college and, and uh, spent more time as as a minister that, you know, the things that we read about the the church and, and people really struggling with in the New Testament I'm like, we have those same struggles. Like we, oh, yeah. we like people just have never gotten over that. Yeah. Um, like some of the things I think about is language. You know, James is saying you shouldn't out of your out of the same mouth uh, have foul language and have blessings to the Lord. And yet mm-hmm. they struggled with that when James wrote that. We struggle with that today. Another thing is you know the argument about who is the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus is. 12 apostles struggled with that before he was even crucified. Right. And the we sons of thunder. And, and we still <laughs> struggle with that today though. Like that's not something that we've just been able to say, all right, we are all getting over this. This sin has been around too long. Let's knock it off. I would, I would say that we, we maybe we struggle more and let me, mm. let me qualify that a little bit. So, Go back to the beginning. Go back to Acts chapter 2. It says in Acts chapter 2, they met together daily. That yes. They were together all the time. Go into Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, don't forsake the assembly. Uh, you know, Consider how to stir one another up towards love and good works. Yeah. 
we relegate our meeting together sometimes to, you know, at the most three times a week. You know, we're together yeah. Sundays and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And then we don't see these people that we call brother and sister any other time. We don't communicate with those people. The The beauty of the church and the way I believe that, that the Lord intended for the church for it to be was that we are doing life together. And yeah. we're together so much that we know when somebody's struggling. Like a family. Like a family, absolutely. We become a community. Absolutely, yeah. Right, and, and I think... You know, when when you when you look around at your neighbors, or you look around at your actual family, or you look at people that you're close to, even your close friends, mm-hmm. right? You know what's going on in their lives, yeah, yeah. because you're talking to them right. about it. Well, what's what's the the difficult part about that is I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for y'all real quick. How but, could you? Um, but in America, we have the opportunity to drive, frankly, quite long distances, even just to go to work, sure, and therefore. With so many different congregations around, I mean, there's probably like 15 miles from us and Farmers Branch, mm-hmm. and um, and yet there's people all over the place that uh, longer than 15 minutes, but 15 miles, no, I'm, 30 I'm miles, because sure. you're driving on highway. Okay, maybe um, <laughs> as as the crow flies. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> um, but, but but because we have this opportunity to drive, to choose wherever we want to go, mm-hmm. to choose where we want to work, then you're not really living close to the people uh, within your congregation, your right. brothers and sisters, and so that sense of community, that sense of family, is harder to get to. Yep. And so uh, that's one difference I'm I would say play between Jesus Advocate here. Okay, so so I, anyways, I'm, I'm laying out the difference between first century, twenty first century yep. yeah. is we're more spread out. Yeah, so you're definitely more spread out, but. We also have the ability to travel further faster. Absolutely. We have the ability to talk to one another on an instant. I mean, I can literally pull up my phone and video chat my wife, who is 15 minutes away from me, and see her as if she is in this room right now. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to video chat with people who are across the world, overseas, oceans, different countries. We have the ability to translate languages like we never have before, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, after the Tower of Babel, when God confused all the languages we now have the ability right google translate mm-hmm. to translate all the languages we have so many options and available things for us to do in order to communicate and to talk with and to be with one another and we don't and i'm not saying that mm-hmm. as those who are listening you guys aren't doing it. i'm saying as i am not doing it right like we i think as a collective as whole people, absolutely and lack yeah. of community breeds sin i yeah. i, I I fervently believe that because mm-hmm. when, I mean, go back to, I know, I know you went to Fruit Hardman, I went to Harding, you know, and even, and you were part of a campus ministry, I know that. And, and so even when you were in those settings mm-hmm. and you were with those people every day, there wasn't a lot of room for you to have, you know, secret sin because no. those guys and girls knew you and you knew them and you held one another accountable. The, the guys that I lived in the dorm with, the the brothers really that, yeah. that we were in club with, yeah. I mean, th- Everybody knows what's going on with everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as, as far as what I'm talking about here in Hebrews 4, yeah. with God knowing the intentions of your heart, yeah. really, we should be so close as brothers and sisters in the church that we should be able to also know each other's hearts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of want to change tact just a little bit. Um, you know, with regards to being in America, mm-hmm. right, specifically, uh, we, we have this American dream. Right. I want this really big house, this nice house where I have way too many rooms to put all the furniture that I don't ever use in. Right. Of course. Right. Because that makes sense. 
Um, I want to have the nicest car where it's Ford basically Raptor, baby. it's another mortgage payment. <laughs> yeah, that is honestly. Just, have you seen the Ford Raptor? I have actually. Insane. Went to the, sick, went to the state yeah. fair. There's actually slight, I guess, plug for Ford. Not really. Uh, the new Ford Ranger they've got coming out is uh, that's uh, the small truck. I know it is, but that's what I want because it's <laughs> under twenty thousand and I'm, it's, it's nice. called the Maverick. I saw so one I mean, yeah. Maverick. All right. Anyways, I'm probably proving your point right now. You are proving make. my point, right? <laughs> it, we we want all these things, right? Well, man, the car that I have right now works just yep. fine. Gets me from point A to point B. I had did to, you get AC back in it. I did get AC back. It in does it. work right now. Yeah. <laughs> I so I had to put. Um, refrigerant in there. So mm-hmm. I had to learn how to do that. YouTube nice. is a wonderful thing, right? It we is. can learn so many things. Yeah, that's right. It goes back to the technology thing, right? Using it for good. But anyway, we have this American dream where we want that that big house with the white picket fence and all of these things, right? And Paul, back in the first century, essentially had the quote-unquote American dream for his time. Mm-hmm. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, right? Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse really 4, right? He's talking about how he has he can if he wanted to he would have confidence in the flesh. Mm-hmm. There is nobody else that could have more confidence in the flesh than Paul. If you needed confidence, if you in the needed flesh. confidence in the flesh, right? Yeah. He says he says that he was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness of the law, blameless. That's that's a lot. A yeah. Hebrew of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. He's like, I am the MVP of Hebrews. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I am the man, right? Like, if you want something to attain to, you want to get to where I am. I mean, covered in the dust of Gamaliel. I mean, yeah. I mean he trained at yeah. the feet of Gamaliel. He yeah. who yeah. was the teacher par excellence for his time. You yes. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he became he, the leader of the Pharisaic uh, rule some, what, 40 years after Jesus died? Yeah. Like, he was the leader of it. That's who Paul trained under. He was... Mm-hmm. He was the creme de la creme, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's very important that we understand that. Right? Well, is that a fancy way of saying the cream of the crop? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know you like your hamburgers, but I, you know, sometimes I like steak. So <laughs> um, Paul was Bill Gates at the time, right, with regards to that. He was regards- Jeff Bezos. He was... Yeah. He was those guys. He's what everybody wants to have. Yeah. You're comparing American dream to Hebrew dream. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on and he says, but whatever gain I had, all this, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul has everything that he could ever want as a Hebrew. And he throws it all away. He counts it as rubbish, right? In that point, that that word is actually more of a trash. But it's more than that. Like it is a word the that we wouldn't trash. use. Yeah, was, like we yeah. we would consider that word almost vulgar in some senses. Like mm-hmm. it was a not good word back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. And he throws it out there to let them know. Listen, all of this that I've had, worthless, useless, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. important to me at all, and so much so. That all that stuff that I had, right, being on this pedestal, he says, I want to share in his sufferings. 
well, what sufferings did Jesus have? <laughs> I mean, geez, Louise, he wants to share in that. He wants to share in crucifixion. He wants to share in torture. Mm-hmm. He wants to share in humiliation and mockery and all these. He does. Because he sees the reward. Because he sees the reward. Right. And that reward mm-hmm. is the resurrection. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what we lose sight of. Yeah. We don't understand the gift that God has given us through Jesus Christ because he has given us a great reward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we want the car and we want the house. And we want the newest video game. And we want the newest X, Y, Z. We want all of that. And we count Christ as loss. Yeah. Because it's keeping me back from what I want to attain. Yeah. Well, if we keep going like through the rest of chapter three and even into chapter four, Paul makes this beautiful comparison of being content Mm -hmm. versus satisfied. Mm -hmm. And we've really flipped what we're supposed to be as Christians. Well, let's keep in mind, he's writing this while he's in prison. You know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's, he's under yeah. house arrest. He, I mean, the guy can't go to the bathroom by himself, essentially. Yeah, and, without and, a guard watching him. Right. Well, in, in Roman prisons at this time, you didn't, like, you weren't provided food. Like, we think of prison and jail as in, you know, you get your three meals a day, or the American prison system, right? For some people, it's better for them to be in prison than it oh, is yeah. to be homeless. Mm-hmm. Because they have food, they have shelter, they've got all these things. Yeah. Roman prisons, if somebody didn't bring you food, you didn't eat. Yeah. Well, I, right. I believe he's not actually in prison. He's under house arrest here. So he's essentially living in his own place, but under guard. Well, um, any, I mean, even the nicest prison is still a prison, right? Yes, I mean, that's, that's, that's true. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So um, he was he but, was unable to do the things he wanted to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the main point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the comparison that he makes at the end of chapter three, talking about that he is never satisfied in regards to his relationship with Christ. He will continue to strain towards the goal. He will yeah. continue to 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 seek Christ. Continue to live for Him. Yeah. And then throughout chapter four, he talks about all of the th- bad stuff that he's experienced. You know, the the hunger and uh, the 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 Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read it, starting in verse 10, um, uh, verse 11. Not that I speak of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. And in in every circumstance, I've learned learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. You know, he's saying, I've gone through it all, all the ups and downs. And I've learned the secret on how to be content Mm -hmm. with the physical things. It's Christ. And We've almost flipped that. We're, we've said, you know, I'm satisfied with where I'm at with Christ, but I'm not content with things of this right. world. Yeah. And and Paul's like, no, I'm satisfied with the world, but I'm not con- content with with where I'm at in my relationship with Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said about Americans. I think you could you could broaden and say American Christians that we are the only nation in the world where we spend money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's there's That's there's true. a lot of truth to that. I mean, we you know we we want and I, I unfortunately what we're seeing a lot of in churches now is what I call country club Christianity. You oh know, yeah, you pay your dues, you do your act of service, you get the check mark that hey I'm a part of a church, and mm-hmm. then you go and live the rest. of your You life. get dressed up one day a week yep. so all of these friends can see you look looking successful, mm-hmm. and then you go on to live your own life. Right. I heard a story. You heard it too yesterday in our meeting. Uh, of a family who went to church and got a little boy. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're in the service, right? They're in, they're in worship and they're listening. And they uh, they go through the service and, and they get done and they get in the car and they start talking. The, the mom and dad start talking to one another. Man, did you that sermon was just 
That's just not good. Not a good sermon. That song leading was just terrible. And that prayer, did you hear that prayer? It just wasn't that good. The prayer was so long. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And the little boy in the back seat goes, well, I thought it was pretty good for $1. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, we we give, right? But But we expect that giving to equal something, right? And mm-hmm. We need to give because it's out of the abundance of our hearts and because yeah. we want to give. And we, need well, to, and we shouldn't be going into worship either looking for looking what for I can mistakes. get out of it. Instead, yeah. it's what can I put into it. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I think we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago, right? We, we, we struggle with that, right? Like mm-hmm. we go into a worship service and, you know, we, we expect the preacher to say certain things about certain topics. And if they don't, and we're wondering why not. And But the reality is, yeah, we need to be putting into Christ rather than trying to take out of Christ. Because what has Christ given us? Mm-hmm. He's already given us everything. everything. We're going to try and take more. <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, as a minister, I think we go into worship services with a whole different set of expectations yes. that the regular members don't have. You know, yeah. I, you know, Sunday, this I walked in. Auditorium was dark, which is not unusual the time we got there. My daughter starts walking down the aisle, and there's tape across the aisle. She says, why is there tape here? And I said, let's turn the lights on. Something's happened to the carpet. They, and it turns out what had happened was one of our... Cleaning personnel spilled some bleach water, oh, messed the boy. carpet up. So they dyed the carpet. It, it, it looks fine, you know. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. But instead of me focusing on, okay, I'm about to get to break the bread of life to people, I'm a, I was that spot on that carpet drove me crazy, and <laughs> and I walked away from that. I said, what what a stupid thing to worry about. You know, yeah. why do I worry about what people are going to think about that that spot of carpet? And I say that because I think ministers struggle with that, and I think that we we don't voice that enough. I think we need to voice that, hey, we we struggle like you do, yeah. s- similarly as you do. Brother, and- you're preaching to us. So we didn't <laughs> give you a tour of the building before yeah. we came up here to the studio. Um, but back in February, when the snowstorm came through, mm-hmm. we had a huge flood through this building. Mm-hmm. It's still not our, put back together pipes yet. pipes froze. Yeah. And then when they unfroze, they went... Boom. Yeah. And then blew up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have no carpet in the auditorium, no carpet through the hallways. We have um, like some carpet now in certain places. Like a couple of, of classrooms just had to be completely gutted and redone. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is exactly some the thoughts that yeah. were going through my mind earlier this year in regards to like this isn't the like this place is not put together. Yeah. Like how, how can we have people come in? This is so embarrassing when right. we have guests come in and our place is not put together. You know, it's kind of like when, um, when I was a kid growing up and my parents were like, you know, you need to clean your bedroom cause we have company coming over. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know we we're having dinner in my room. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but like that, that's kind of the feeling that I have now is I'm like, this is the place I'm trying to, you know, when guests come in, visitors come in, mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like the host, you right. know, and trying to welcome them in. And that. It's just a, a, a distraction, and my mind just is not right in regards to what we're actually doing here. I think we also focus a lot on getting on to what we focus on. I think we get back to this here in a little bit, but who's doing the song service? Mm-hmm. Are they here? Yeah. Who's who's doing closing prayer? Do they remember they're doing closing prayer? Yeah. Uh, Going we, around checking them in to serve. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, we – and I know you do a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'm very grateful for that because it does take my mind off it a little bit. But, you know, as I'm sitting there, I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. You know, like, oh, absolutely. Is, yeah. is the person leading prayer, do I need to get up? Right. Every time there's about to be a closing prayer, I am standing up and I'm looking around, making sure someone is walking yeah. forward. So, so Chris normally sits in the front with the youth group and I sit like, kind of in the back in our bleacher section that that goes up in the very back. And so when the closing song is starting to wrap up, I'm like looking around, I'm like, 
like like kind of like staring at the guys right. across the auditorium like is he going to get out of his seat is he going to get out of his seat and and then like the song closes and then the guy stands up to walk forward yeah. and i'm and i'm like oh man he's gonna walk up and chris is gonna walk up because chris doesn't see him coming and i'm just like this is a train wreck and i'm watching it from the back and that's um you know and those are some of the things we focus on right but the reality is and this goes to your point right our focus needs to be on the christ absolutely yeah yeah our focus needs to be on god because he has given us everything and Absolutely. he deserves mm-hmm. all of us. He emptied himself for us. I was exactly. at the Harding Lectures a couple weeks ago. I was, I was listening to a, a panel discussion that Christian Chronicle put on. And uh, one of the panelists says, um, he's a part of a church plant. And he said, we rent space. And he says, we're never going to buy a building. He yeah. said, we're, because we don't want to focus on the hassle of having a building. He said, we, we understand that there, there's there's some benefits to having a building and things yeah. like that. But it, it kind of got me to thinking about Kind of what we're talking about today, this whole idea of Christianity and and what are we really, what's really important to us? And unfortunately, sometimes it does become the color of the carpet. Sometimes it does become what kind of light bulbs we use and those kinds of things. When color of the carpet, things or or having carpet in your case. I mean, that, you know, <laughs> so um, you know, I think sometimes we just we need to take a step back and we need to ask ourselves this question: If this building was to burn down tonight, would this community be any different? Mm. Uh, and I think that that's something we need to think about yeah. because if we're not making an impact with that building, we're not doing something right. Yeah. yeah. I think in regards to this entire discussion about being a, a first century Christian in the 21st century, being just a Christian mm-hmm. in the 21st century, what you just said speaks mm-hmm. to everything we've talked about. We need to take a step back. Right. Yeah. In, in regards to the, the way that we interact with one another, in regards to our priorities, in regards to our private versus public life. We just need to take a step back so we can look at our life and really put it into into perspective. Mm-hmm. Am I living for Christ or am I living for myself? Yeah. And and no matter what century you live in, <laughs> that's the question. Absolutely. Am I living for yeah. Christ or am I living for myself? Absolutely. Yep. So, well, I um I'm good. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? No, I I think. That's really summarized. Can I do a shameless plug for Oh, can. 100%. I was actually – I was thinking about that earlier before we started. We need you to tell everyone what your podcast is. Maybe a shameful plug. Okay. We'll All right. So uh, about a year ago, we're actually coming up on our one-year anniversary. Nice. Uh, myself and a guy named Jordan Fontenot, who is the youth minister for the Woodland Oaks Church of Christ in the Woodlands, Texas, and Chris Dunning, who is the preaching minister for the Newburgh Church of Christ in Newburgh, Oregon. We have all crossed paths in the past. Chris and I did youth ministry together. Jordan was actually in the youth group in the church where I grew up. Oh, really? And we all, he used to be a junior counselor for us, an intern, things like that. But we're all in ministry now. And kind of, I think kind of like you guys during the pandemic, like we we were really struggling. We we mm-hmm. we wanted some con uh, some content and some contact, and so we started doing a podcast. Our podcast is Ministry Mondays with an S, and not a Z, not a Z, just an <laughs> S. And we we just talk about ministry stuff. We sometimes we will. It's really geared do, towards ministers, right? It started off being geared towards ministers and people working in ministry, but now we've actually broadened out a little bit. Where we'll uh, every once in a while we'll take a text. Like we we took three weeks and went through Jude. We just okay. wanted to do something like like that. We're That's all awesome. we're all kind of nerds. 
And so we <laughs> like doing stuff like that. Um, but like this week, we recorded a podcast about communication and how, okay. as a minister, how do you effectively communicate, and not just from pulpit, but like how do you communicate when you have some kind of a disaster in your congregation? Mm. We did a thing on crisis management not too long ago. <laughs> so it's geared towards people that are in ministry, people that are full-time ministers, elders, things like that. But I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Well, and the it. study that goes along with it's for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something you can find um, in in our podcast that you would enjoy. So Ministry Mondays, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google, Spotify, anywhere quality podcasts are hosted, you can find us there. That's awesome. awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And um, This is good and to have we'll you. We'll try to put a link for that in our description yes, of this absolutely. episode yeah, sure, as well. Right? Thanks. Yeah. Well, we um, we appreciate you being here, Paul. Good to be it's, here, guys. Uh, Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, Absolutely. It's been fun. It's been good. And uh, I think the conversation has been uh, helpful, at least for me it has. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, that's all we've got. We we love you guys. We appreciate all of you that are listening. And uh, just, uh, if you can, listen a little bit longer, see how you can help us out. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to encourage you to check out our proud partners, Ministry League. They have a website as well as an app that you can download from your smartphone. Yeah, not only that, but also be sure to send us an email. You can reach us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts and comments are on today's episode. And if you have any questions or any comments, anything that you would like to let us know, please send us a text at the following number, 972-905-0856. Yeah, and that way we'll be able to uh, get that comment and, and get back with y'all as well. And please leave reviews and comments. I know there's a lot of places that you listen to this podcast that you can leave comments and reviews. I know Apple Podcasts, I'm pretty sure iHeartRadio and others, you can mm-hmm. uh, leave reviews and comments as well. And last, but most certainly not least, we ask that you share this with your friends. Uh, we do our best to provide... Uh, biblical and and, and strong uh, discussion and we hope that you can feel free to share that with everybody that you love and come in contact with thank you all so much for all of your support we love you